Welcome to week three, day four of our look through uh, the book of Matthew. We're taking a look at both chapters three and four this week. The temptation of Jesus the last few days. Remember yesterday, we, we heard Satan's temptation. Why don't you tell these stones to become bread? Today, we're going to hear the answer that Jesus had to give. And as we hear the answer and the other temptations that Satan brings his way, we learn some more things about how you and I can face temptation. Jesus answered Satan, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you're the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it's written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it's also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. So what do we learn from the story of Jesus facing temptation that has to do with the story of how I'm going to face temptation, how you're going to face temptation? Well, yesterday we talked about the truths that you got to realize it's not a sin to be tempted. Even Jesus was tempted. And also you have to take temptation personally. Where's it coming from? It's coming from Satan. So you don't resist the temptation, you resist the tempter. Number three, you learn in these temptations that Satan sent Jesus' way. Number three, you recognize that there is no new temptation. There's no new temptation. In fact, the temptations, they all fit into the world's value system that we see around us. The three basic temptations, you can read about them in 1 John, are the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The lust of the flesh, the pleasures of life, the lust of the eyes, the possessions of life, and the pride of life. That's all about power or position in life. Um, The lust of the flesh, that's hedonism. The lust of the eyes, that's materialism. The pride of life, that's narcissism. In all of these temptations, the same theme that's been there from the very beginning, literally from the very beginning. You can see these same three in the first temptation in the Garden of Eden. In Genesis chapter 3, 6, Adam and Eve are tempted. It is good for food. That's the lust of the flesh. It's pleasing to the eye. That's the lust of the eyes. And you'll become like God. That's the pride of life. And you see these same three temptations reflected in how Satan tempts Jesus here. He knows what works. In fact, he doesn't have any other tools. So he says, turn stones to bread. Jesus is hungry. Turn these stones to bread and you can eat right away. That's the lust of the flesh. Then he says, all these things I will give you. That's the lust of the eyes. Then he says, jump off this peak and I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. I will give you everything you've ever wanted. That's the pride of life. Somehow you can short circuit things. You don't have to go to the cross. He's almost tempting him. And I'll just give you the world now. Now there's genuine temptation here. We could spend a long time theologically talking about the fact that the temptations that Satan sent Jesus' way, they're not fake, they're real. Satan's the prince of this world. He was genuinely offering him something. But Jesus said, no, you worship the Lord. That's what you do. This fact that there's no new temptation, that's important for us to realize because there is something about our human nature that loves to think that our temptations are unique. No one has ever faced the kind of pressures that I'm facing. I mean, I know other people could face their temp, but the pressures I'm facing, no one's ever faced this. Well, don't flatter yourself. You're just not that creative. 
There's nothing new under the sun. We are facing the same temptations that people faced thousands of years ago. People used to covet their neighbor's horse. Now it's our neighbor's Porsche. It's the same temptation. Some of the words have changed. Some of the venues have changed, but the temptation is the same. And there's something good about recognizing there's no temptation except what is common to man. We're all facing the same things. We all have the same solutions. And that gets to number four. The fourth thing that we are reminded of in Jesus facing temptation is God has always provided and will always provide a way out. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation has seized you except what is common to man, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you're tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Now, always provide a way out? Yes, always. Let me emphasize it. Always. It's God's promise. He will do this. You can take the phrase, I just couldn't help myself, out of your vocabulary. God's promise here and God's promise in the example of Jesus is that you'll never face a greater temptation than you can handle. Never. For the Christian, there is no such thing as an irresistible temptation. Now, I'm not talking about before you come to know Christ. Before you come to know Christ, Satan can tempt you with anything and everything he wants. There's many irresistible temptations, but in Christ, there is no such thing as an irresistible temptation. And that is a powerful truth. The moment you stop looking at the temptation and you start looking for the escape, that temptation loses its power. You stop looking at the temptation and you start looking for the escape. You're not gonna find any hope in the temptation, so stop looking at it and start looking for the escape. Now, maybe you say, hey, I've looked for God's way out. I can't find it. Is he hiding it? No, he actually gives us in the Bible specific directions for dealing with the types of temptations that we talked about earlier. When you're tempted by pleasure, he tells us God's way out is passion for the things of God. You flee youthful lust and you pursue, the Bible says, righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. So you run towards what God has. You don't just sit in your seat trying to resist the temptation on your own. No, you run towards with passion what God has for you in your life when you're tempted by pleasure. When you're tempted by possessions, God's way out is thanks and giving. Those two things. You thank God for what you have and you give to others out of what you have. That's what you do out of that one. When you're tempted by pride, the Bible says again and again, how do you handle that when you're tempted by pride? God's way out is to serve. You don't just sit there and try to fight the pride mentally. No, you think, God's tempting me to be a prideful, full of ego person. Who could I serve today? Am I being overwhelmed by sense of pridefulness right now? I need to look for somebody to serve. Here's the bottom line in all of this. The best way to learn to say no to temptation is to begin to say yes to God. Forget about saying no to the temptation. Satan wants to get you in a tug of war where he's gonna win every time because he's more spiritually powerful. What do you do? You drop the rope. You turn to God. You say yes to God. So you're tempted to adultery. You say yes to your marriage like you never have before. Throw yourself into that marriage. You're tempted to think only of yourself in a situation. You say yes to helping somebody else. You're tempted to find your happiness in things. You say yes to the real joy of giving something away. And Jesus here teaches us, and the way that he dealt with Satan, he teaches us the key to finding the strength for God's way out. You use God's word. God's way out, those ways that I just shared with you, they're found in God's word. And if you have a temptation that's hitting you again and again, you need to memorize some verses from the Bible about God's way out for that temptation. Jesus had. 
Jesus had memorized verses. Now, I know he, he wrote the Bible in one sense, but he's also God and man. He had to memorize those verses that he quoted back to Satan. It is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Each time Satan tempted him, Jesus had a verse for that temptation. And Satan even tried to twist God's word and use it against him. But Jesus said, no, no, you're not getting me with that one, Satan. I know it too well. Here's what God's word says. It's so simple, this idea of God's word when it comes to temptation, that I'm afraid sometimes we try to make it work while ignoring this most powerful of all truths to get out of the temptation. You can't do it on your own strength. You need God's strength. You can't do it on your own word. You need God's word in your life. You need God's power in your life. When Jesus was tempted, he turned to the Bible. He countered Satan's invitations with God's truth. So how do you need to do that? What verse do you need to memorize? Now, I just want to remind you, because it says here at the very beginning that the Spirit led Jesus out to be tempted like this. Why would that happen? I want to remind you that in every temptation, there's also a potential positive. God uses temptation to teach us to obey him. God never tempts us. The Bible's very clear about this. Literally says, God does not tempt. He never tempts us to do the wrong thing. But God is able to use the temptations that the evil one means to harm us to do good in our lives. Now, how does he do that? Every temptation provides a choice. I can choose in that temptation to follow God. And when I do that, I grow. I get closer to God. Character is built by making good choices. And the only way to make good choices oftentimes is to be presented with bad choices. Every temptation is the opportunity to make a bad choice, but it's also the opportunity to make a good choice, to follow him. If you think about God's way out, let's take a minute to talk to the one who provides that way out. Would you pray with me? Our Father, you see our hearts. You see how much our emotions get caught up in our temptations. And we feel that the wrong thing to do is the right thing to do. And we feel sometimes that, that following that is what's going to make me happy. But our experience tells us that's not true. Well, maybe for a moment, but in the end, we feel further from you. In the end, it begins to rip up our life, our relationships, our business. So, Father, we trust you. We want to learn to trust you like never before. We trust you to provide the way out. We trust you to grow us as we say yes to you. Lord, I, I pray specifically for me, for every one of us, that you'd help us to begin to think differently. From this day on, to stop resisting the temptation and to resist the evil one. From this day on, to stop focusing on the temptation and to instead focus on the way out. To stop saying no, no, no to the temptation and instead look for the way that we can say yes to you. We pray this together in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, tomorrow we're going to see Jesus calling his first disciples, and we're going to learn some things about real commitment. <music>